This is Ainsley Britton, and you're listening to the Radical Radiance Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Radical Radiance Podcast. My name is Rebecca George. I'm your host, and I'm so excited about today's conversation with author and podcaster Ainsley Britton, all about comparison and chapter 11 of Do the Thing, which is called Lay Down the Measuring Stick. This was such a powerful conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it so much. So help me welcome my friend Ainsley to the show. Friend, I am so excited to get to sit down and chat with you today. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. Me too. We just recorded for your podcast, Wild Confidence, which I'm so excited yep. about. So for people who have not yet found Ainsley's podcast, you'll have to go check that out. But as we get started, I would love for you to just share a little bit of who you are, what you do, all of those things with everybody. Yeah. So I am an Similar to you, have all the the titles, the author, speaker, podcast host, all yeah. of those things. And also wife and mom to some pretty awesome people, if I do say so myself. And I focus everything that I do on identity. Mm. So whether it's your identity within, you know, with yourself and the space of others in relation to others and with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that is through, like I said, the writing podcast piece. Some of that is through Enneagram coaching or online mentoring or, you know, very relational aspect as well. But all of it, all of it has to always stem back to identity in Christ. I love that so much. And so when I was looking at the book and people know by this point who who have been listening for a while, we've been doing an episode for every chapter of Do the Thing. And as I looked at every, yeah, as I looked at every individual topic, I just thought and prayed through like, okay, who could speak really well to this topic? What um, person might you have, you know, for this specific topic? Because they're all different kind of throughout the book. All Mm -hmm. definitely centered on our purpose and calling and, and walking that out faithfully. But as I thought about chapter 11, which is all about comparison, it's called lay down the measuring stick. I I thought about you because I know how passionate you are about just encouraging women in their identity. And so it felt like a very natural conversation to bring you into. So I'm super excited. And as we've done, oh, I'm so, I'm so excited. So (laughs) as we've done with every other one of these conversations, we're going to start with a couple passages that we talk about in this particular chapter in Do the Thing. And so the first one that I pulled out for us today is in Isaiah 40, it's verses 28 through 31. And I'll read that for us. It says, have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might. He increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so I just was thinking this morning about how much it encourages me to remember that God doesn't grow faint or weary. And that helps me so much in the moments where I feel like I have to strive to keep up or or, or whatever it is, yes. or I'm tempted to do that. And so like riff on that with me. Like, do you feel that same tension? How does that encourage you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's it's very it's very very tempting 
to look at other people and be like, why am I not where you are? Or why does the, mm-hmm. do our stories not look the same if we're in the similar or same space? Or why do you get this and I don't kind of mm. thing? Like that, oh, that one gets me, that one gets me real, yeah. real good. That one gets me real good. About all kinds of, all kinds of things. I mean, literally anything, curly hair, straight hair, yes. hair, <laughs> hair at all, because I have an autoimmune disorder where I literally won't have hair whenever I'm older at all. I have alopecia. Mm-hmm. So honestly, and that's a very niche thing for me is that when I see someone who has yeah. great hair, I'm like, God, you don't even know how lucky you have it, you know, mm-hmm. but that's obviously just one example of a, a micro example of a macro problem kind of yeah, that we, a story that we all tell ourselves. But the one thing that I think about is that we often compare without knowing circumstances. That's right. Of other people's lives. And there's these things that we just don't know. And we don't know. What we don't know, we, it's... We can't compare, right? Yeah. We, we literally can't. We we do, but we can't because we just don't know. We don't know what we're comparing to fully. Yeah. And I think that's why the word says that it's a thief of all joy. That, mm. you know, I think that is why it robs us of so much. Not just joy, but peace. Yeah. And uh, contentment with where the Lord has us, mm. um, contentment in the waiting season. We were talking earlier before yeah. we started recording about the sacred space of the waiting. And I feel like comparison can steal the sacred mm. part of that, the waiting process, because we, we, we just lose our peace whenever we start to back yeah. ourselves against or pit ourselves against someone else. Yeah. But when we think of what happens whenever we stop striving, mm. we like the opposite of striving, right, would be rest. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I believe that God is inviting us into, but not in a way that we, in not in a rest in that we don't do what he's called us to do, yeah. but that we do it sans comparison input peace yeah and that we move forward with this rest of peace and understand that his striving is what we can rest in Mm. where we can continue to do his work and that is where i think that you know rise on the wings of eagles like man whenever you rest in his peace and whenever you rest and let him strive I feel like you get, you gain wisdom and you get this aerial view of life, right? Where it's in the aerial view of life, you're looking down and you're looking at things that actually matter. Yeah. One of the questions that came up in my Bible study this morning was, how would your goals change if they were written with eternity in mind? And I feel like that is the question. Yeah. When you're... In that aerial view, you're you're abiding and flying in the peace of the Lord. If we're using the eagle, yeah. I'm thinking of myself as an eagle. Man, my goals change radically. Yeah, radically. Whenever yeah. I'm thinking of them with eternity in mind. Yeah, that's so powerful. And as I think about, you know, even in the context of our world with with writing, I think 
one of the ways uh, the enemy can get a foothold in this area of comparison for me so much is is attacking my calling, right? Because mm-hmm. as a as an achievement bent kind of girl, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I can struggle with finding my identity in what I do, right? And so therefore, yes. it is an area that I constantly have to just lay before the Lord of like, I, I am not what I do. I am my identity is in you and in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And like, I have to point myself back to those truths often. And so I think the reason sometimes those moments where we, you know, maybe scroll Instagram and somebody else got a book deal before we did, just as an example, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. there's that ping of like, well, well, crap, like I feel called to that work. And yet God called someone else appear to do that before me. And I've just challenged myself so much in the last few years of thinking through like, but he didn't call me to write that book. Like Mm. he did not call me to write the message of that book that he called her to write and praise God. Like what a gift that he's given someone a voice and a message that's so clear that they get to carry out for his kingdom, for his glory that like I was never called to do. So I'm going to sell, I'm going to choose intentionally choose to celebrate that in her when I have those Mm -hmm. hard moments. And I think sometimes we like to act like we don't have them. And I think it's more about like yeah. when we do, where are we turning, right? And yeah. and how are we like choosing to celebrate? I have a friend, her name is Deanne Carpenter, and she wrote a book about celebrating other people that came out this year. And she uses this term of like, keep confetti in your pockets. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like come ready to celebrate <laughs> other people. And so when we have those moments, like, okay, I'm going to choose to celebrate how God is at work in her. And so I don't know, all that comes to mind as you're talking as well. And so, and I know it's, it's, I love it. I'm thinking of our world in particular, because I think when we're doing gospel work, when we're doing ministry work, it can feel so tied to our identity at times, which is such a, a, a watch yes. out and a challenge. So, and it's extremely intimate, right? Like yeah. Inviting people in to our thoughts and our emotions and yeah. our lessons. And like, I, didn't necessarily okay I'm gonna tell you a secret there's there's these examples in my book don't date a boo-boo dude you know they're all dating examples right yeah or not there a lot of them are about it's about dating so I put all these dating examples in it and I'm like I I tell my publisher like yeah these are all examples I've changed the names and da 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 so they're not reflective of the, or, you know, you don't know who they actually are. Sure. And they're like, okay, great. And then I'm like, yeah. And they all happen to be my stories. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, they all have different names, different. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, based, based on but my But there's one commonality. Um, they're all my story. <laughs> they literally are all mine. <laughs> And I'm like, but that is an intimate thing where comparison can really get a foothold because I'm like, man, does this other girl have this many really Mm. bad dating experiences? Like, did you think of yourself so poorly that you made these bad decisions too? You know, all of those things. And obviously the list can go on forever on, on what we can compare, but yeah. Yeah, that is, oh, that is, that is a thing. That is an intimate, intimate experience. Yeah, and yet, like, as you, I totally get your thought pattern and all of that, 
And also, like, there's such redemption in that. Mm -hmm. You walked through all of those things that now God is using to bring freedom and encouragement to young adults who are, like, walking through this and don't know how. And so, like, praise God that what you walked through is is going to save someone else from having to walk through it, too. Like, yes, that feels in Jesus name like that feels so (laughs) like like, gut punchy to like say, because I know how that probably like feels on the receiving end. But like, praise God, you know, no, for sure. Absolutely. And I can say that now. Yeah. Right. I can say praise God now that I do have that. Um, eternal mindset and that yeah. I mean everything that I do is for the next girl everything mm. that I do everything that I share is for the next girl please just dodge this bullet yeah <laughs> please dodge this bullet I had a college student come over to my house recently and she was just telling me about all you know booba dudes right yeah that's what I call them and she's telling me these stories and I'm like <clears throat> you know you know, I'm I'm hearing that you want my advice, and it's almost like I just bound it up and put it in a book somewhere. <laughs> I was like, it's almost like this one book. It's is almost just like I wrote a book on, on your it. Nightstand. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, you're right. That is so." <laughs> because funny. I'm like, literally everything you're telling me is nothing new to me because I yeah. went through all of this. Yes, I went through all of this. But anyway, that that is obviously a little bit of a left turn. But it does go back to that comparison piece because sometimes we think I'm the only one who mm. has gone through this, right? On the opposite side of that comparison could be that piece of isolation where you're like, surely I'm the only one who's gone through this. Surely I'm the only one who has written a book and felt like this is what mm. God has called me to do. And yet it's just sitting on my hard drive. Surely. Yeah. But that's not the case. Not at all. Not and at we're all. really not we're not alone yeah. in any of our struggles. Yeah. Not, not one. Yeah. Yeah. Not one. So good. So good. And there's another passage in this chapter that I want to call out as well. It's the passage where David is anointed as king. And so this is a probably a familiar verse to some of us. It's in first Samuel chapter 16 verse. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read verse seven. There's the longer passage if you want to go read it separately, but it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I've rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so I just was so struck by that phrase of the Lord sees not as man sees, right? And when we think about comparison, um, that encourages and sort of transforms the way that I, I think about things as well like just to remember that he sees not as we see and like lord give me your eyes right like i don't know how does that encourage you yeah well i think that it it does remind me of what i said earlier of like not of comparing with unknown circumstances like we don't really know what we're truly comparing yeah because we're looking through man's eyes yeah but whenever we look through the lord's eyes we can appreciate and celebrate them, yeah. just like you were saying. Like we can celebrate them because they were ready for that specific moment, or somebody who's receiving their work. Let's say, let's say it's a book. Let's say that uh, somebody picked up that specific book that needed it. That was the Lord's timing for that person, mm. and it was that chain of events, that rock in the river, that created those ripple effects that led to that impact. And yeah. 
what you were saying, right? Like it wasn't my rock to throw. It wasn't yeah. my book to write. And the Lord knows when my tent is ready for expansion. Yeah. And and maybe it's ready for expansion in a different area yeah. than what I'm thinking. Mm. Right? Like for me in this last year, I think that my tent was not ready for expansion in getting more speaking gigs. Yeah. My tent was ready for expansion in having a baby and understanding what that means for the rest of my life because it taught me what actually matters when it comes to people and pouring into people. So my um, view of being on a stage totally changed. Yeah, I think it was glorified when I was in my 20s and when I was really striving for this specific thing is being on a stage was so mm. just the goal, right? Yeah. But whenever you're in charge of someone else entirely, their development, their growth, they, you, I mean, their life, literally, it changed my perspective in what really matters. Yeah. And what really matters to me now is not the stage, but those individual people in those mm-hmm. seats. And what does that mean? Like, how can my tent expand just to that one person mm. in one of those seats versus where, like me on the stage, yeah. right? And I'm not trying to villainize the platform. I'm not trying sure. to villainize the stage. I'm just changing my specific perspective that it's not about me achieving mm. my goal. Yeah. It's about the Lord achieving what work, what is yeah. needed for the kingdom. Yeah, that's right. It's about right. me being the vessel versus mm-hmm. in a different way, in a more personal way, in mm-hmm. a more eternal way in my perspective, I guess. Yeah. Um, Psst. Did you know that my debut book, Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl is available wherever you like to buy books? I wrote it. Well, I wrote it just for you, friends. So if you are ready to see your gifts and talents from a gospel-centered perspective, prioritize goals related to your calling as you move forward with gumption and grace, maximize your passions in the work you do every day, actively partner with God to serve Him and love others, and overcome negative thought patterns so you can brainstorm, develop, and create with the confidence of a go-getter girl. If that sounds like you... Then I want you to order today at the link in the show notes below. Each chapter includes prayer prompts, scripture for further study, questions for reflection, action steps to move your goal forward, and accompanying videos for individual or small group discussion. So grab a friend or 12 and let's use God's word as our compass to do the thing. After all, if not now, when? One of my greatest joys is having the opportunity to come share God's Word at women's events, retreats, and conferences. I'm booking speaking engagements for this year and next year and would love to chat with you about your church's next event. Shoot me an email at hello at radicalradiance.live to start a conversation today. Yeah, well, I think that that's kind of what I it love. Draws out yeah. Tell me if anything was unclear. No, I, that's so I incredibly know. clear. And when I, 
as you're unpacking that and I'm thinking of he, you know, he sees not, or we see not as he sees. I'm thinking too of Mm. just how much we place value on things that I would imagine is so different in God's eyes. I posted a reel this morning about this idea of, can we stop using the word just when we talk about our calling? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I saw that. I liked it. I'm just a mom. I'm just like leading this little small group of college girls in my living room floor. Like I'm just doing X, Y, Z. You can fill in the blank. And it's like, like God is not small. And so therefore like what he calls us to do is not small either. And so I'm sure there are moments and days in this new season of motherhood where you think like, gosh, it would actually feel a lot more fun today to stand on a stage in a cute outfit totally. than it would be to like totally. wipe my baby snot and like, yeah. and care for her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yet like God has entrusted her to you. And like, Mm -hmm. she's an image bearer of him. And you have like the honor and the privilege of caring for her and leading her. And that's so incredible, you know? Yeah. And so I just. And terrifying. And so terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. It's so important, you know, and even I'm thinking about comparison. I'm even thinking like, oh my gosh, I literally compared myself well I don't know who it is that I'm comparing myself to but a mythical creature of a mom who does all the Mm. things that I I do let's say of a specific one-year-old whose husband also works from home where we have to coordinate our schedules and I'm comparing myself to a if it's not an actual person I can compare myself to this version of my of of myself or someone yeah. who doesn't actually even exist that I think is my dream thriving person. Mm. But in God's eyes, but that's in my eyes, right? But in God's eyes, he's like, what if you just didn't compare yourself to anyone and spent time with me instead yeah. and used your emotional and mental energy on coming into the throne room? Why don't you do that? Why don't yeah. you consider that? Because that is where your priorities will suddenly shift into place. Whereas before, mm-hmm. in comparison, when you compare, your priorities just start to scatter and they mm-hmm. become disoriented and it's very confusing and stressful and that's where that peace gets stolen from you. Yeah. But if you can enter into the throne room, he will be like, no, let me, let's me. let just set these priorities right. Mm-hmm. We're going to get these straight. Then you will be able to move forward. Then your tent will be ready for expansion in whatever area that he is seeing yeah. fit. Yeah, that's so good. So, so good. And the thing, I guess the truth that I kept coming back to as I was thinking about this chapter and this topic uh, was this character quality about God that like totally has just blown me away in the last couple of years when I remember um, rightfully who I am and who he is and like the stark difference (laughs) between the two. And And it's this thought of he does not have limits. He is infinite. Mm-hmm. And yet we are so not. We are so very finite and so very capped in our capacity, um, which mm-hmm. actually just like draws me back to my desperate need for him, right? Totally. And so I think that helps me in a sense when I'm struggling with comparison of remembering like, 
okay, it's actually not helpful, like you're saying, to take, okay, maybe there's this one person in our industry who is killing it and spitting out a book every, you know, 18 months. And there's this other friend who's traveling and speaking on stages every other weekend or every weekend. And then there's this other friend whose podcast is blowing up. And so I put all those things together and I stack them on top of each other and feel like that's the expectation of what I need to achieve in life. When I actually remember like, wait a minute, I'm so finite and God is so infinite in all of his ways. Like the Ephesians 3.20 God that like does more than we could ask or imagine in his capacity. And yet like we're here on this side of heaven with a very limited capacity. That truth, that hard truth actually really helps me, I think, in the face of comparison. You know what I mean? Yeah. And here's how guilty I am of this. Every example you just said, someone came to my mind. Me too. Like, me that's too. How, that's how slippery of a slope it is. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, I've done that, that specific thing with that specific person. Oh, yeah, I've thought that about that specific person too. Yes. <laughs> Which is just another reminder. Like, I am so limited by my own, I mean, comparison and self talk and just ideas of what it means to make it, quote unquote, or yeah. be whoever this person I imagine is I I don't I don't know and then it makes me ask myself like who says yeah who says that that's the idea who says that that's the goal who says that that's the success point for you specifically right Mm -hmm. who says Mm -hmm. probably not God probably God probably does not care about how many listeners you have on your podcast if you are not actively spending time with him. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that like, like if I'm not a bite, is that like, like not I, okay no, to say? Um, know, that's like, like so okay like, to say. And like, if I'm not abiding in him, like how am I creating anything worth eternal value? Right. Yeah. I'm probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm probably not. Yeah. I'm probably inserting myself into the God position, hoping to get the glory. That's right. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Ugh. Yikes. And like, I've been and there. A dangerous place I've to been be. there. Yeah, and totally. it's a very dangerous oh gosh, place. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's funny that this sort of like came out before we got to this, because I actually talk in this chapter a little bit about this moment that I had early on in my speaking And I think we can all relate to this in some sense, even if, you know, you do something totally different from what me and Ainsley do. I share this story in the book of um, I had this conversation with my husband and I realized as I was prepping to speak for an event, I realized this habit that I had formed that was like, like couldn't be more unhealthy. I would, I would go watch my favorite Bible teachers. Like I'd, I'd go, Mm. like I'd go listen to like, gosh, I love listening I love listening to Priscilla Schreier pray like she can just pray Mm. the house down I love the way that Annie F. Downs tells a story and like captivates people and makes people laugh I love that in her Mm -hmm. and so I would uh, those are just a couple examples like I'd I'd mesh together these things that I enjoyed about how God wired these particular teachers that I enjoyed listening to and I would think like okay, let me pray like Priscilla. Let me tell a story or try to like Annie. And let me yeah. let me mesh together this version of other people 
And as I was admitting this to my husband, he got choked up and he said, I did the exact same thing with my preaching style when I like when God called me into ministry. I and I realized I was doing it and like I cannot wait for the day when you realize and step into the voice that God gave only you. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. that truth, like I still remember that conversation years later. And so I don't know. Do you relate to that at all? Or am I just crazy? Like, yeah. Am I the only one that oh does that? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I 100% feel like, well, I actually remember um, whenever we were, uh, my husband and I were first dating. It was like our first time in church together. We went to Cross Point in Nashville and Lisa Harper was the guest oh, speaker. Yeah. I looked over at Justin and I was like, that's who I want to be. Yeah. Like, I want to be her. I don't, I don't, I want her. I want to be her. Mm. <laughs> like, what does that mean? I I want her humor. I want her depth. I want her knowledge. Mm-hmm. I want all these things, all these things. And I, and I think that sometimes I'll slide back into that thought Whenever I think that people, people, whoever these whoever. people are, I don't know, don't get it. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm like, are you, I'm like, God, are you sure? Are you sure that you made me in this way? Because I just feel like sometimes people don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't get what I'm trying to say mm. or my heart or, and I just, sometimes I just feel still like, God, are you sure? Mm. Like, are you sure you made me in this specific way? Because are you sure? (laughs) You know, I just think that over and over. So, of course, when I feel insecure or when I feel like that, I want to be a mosaic of other speakers. Mm -hmm. And and I want to steal other people's talents and giftings because I'm like, I don't trust that that you've made mine without fault. in obviously with human faults, sure, right? Sure, but like in the God, but you I'm were very sure intentional. You yes, you were very intentional in how you gifted and, and wired me, and like mm-hmm. sometimes me... I just don't believe it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I think that that's when that comparison can really just be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. He did mess up. That's the apple in the garden, right? He yeah. did mess up. Yeah. You he of course he did. That yeah. is all the lies that Did God just really like say dot dot dot. Did God really say that you should be as as blunt as you are? Yeah. Because women of God should not be so blunt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That is that is a narrative that I tell myself all the time. And I think that whenever I do think of the eternal mindset. You know, when I'm thinking about my eternal goals, because that's the question that was in my Bible study that I'm now going to think about all day, is that it it is so much more personal than, like, instead of thinking people, will people understand my heart? Will people get mm-hmm. it? I think the focus should be just focus on one person. Yeah. And the one, and because you may be the only Jesus that that one person mm hears Mm -hmm. today or forever could be for their entire life and how can you best represent me just to one person don't carry the burden Mm. of a of a mass amount of people or an industry you know that i've 
been in, in this industry not that long, but I've been told that it's too much or that I'm too mm. much or that I'm too intense and that kind of stuff. But whenever I'm sitting down at a coffee shop with a girl or with a friend, they don't tell me those things. Yeah. And I think that that is whenever the Lord has refined my vision of ministering to people versus a person, right? Because whenever I focus on the person and understanding their heart, I think it ends up impacting the people that God specifically intended for it. Yeah. And I hope that's not confusing. It kind of no, feels like it's totally a, makes a little sense. bit confusing, but, but I think that that's where it's leading me is yeah. to a very personal relationship with individual people. And I think that also removes some um, status or any type of quote unquote celebrity from a platform. Yeah. Right. And yeah. my platform is extreme is very small. It's not very, very large at all. But when I, I, but somebody did actually send me a message recently, I replied and they said, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for replying. You're like a celebrity to me. And I <laughs> sent back something like, I promise I'm laying on my couch with a double chin, looking down at my phone <laughs> right yes. now. Like I am yes. doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I am not. I am scrolling. I am answering. Just, I mean, this message came in as I was looking at my phone. So I replied within two minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not anybody more important than anybody else. But I think that in order for me to remind myself of that and remove the comparison that tells me that I should be mm -hmm. more, then I do have to have a more intentional focus with what the Lord tells me. Yeah. You know, when I get something from the Lord, is it for who, who is it for? Yeah. It's probably like a really, it's probably for a person or maybe for myself Yeah, that I can, you know, say, Hey, I learned this lesson. Maybe it's helpful for you too, but I don't know. That's where my focus is kind of headed in this, in this season. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So good. Well, I can't close out this conversation without giving you the opportunity to share about your first book that released last, was it last year? We've slept since then. Yes. Yeah. It was I in know. 2022. Last that feels crazy. August. Last yes. August. Yes. And so I'm so excited about it. It's called Don't Date a Boo-Boo Dude. I would love for mm -hmm. you to share your heart for it. All of those things. Yeah, I guess I've mentioned the the phrase and people are probably like, what the heck is a boo-boo dude? Yeah. And I'll tell you that this book is all about, um, you know, raising your standards, realizing your worth and removing shame from the dating game. Mm. And it goes, it, it's a pretty in-depth dating book, I would say. I, I, I don't think that it's very... Um, I don't know. It, I think it's pretty unique uh, yeah. as far as like, all the dating books that I've read. You know, yeah. We talk about toxic and abusive behaviors. We talk about um, how you can avoid those red flags. What do green flags look like? How can you help a friend that might be experiencing these kinds of relationships? So that's why it's not just for the person dating, but it's for everyone because for you mm -hmm. to be able to not only see these flags in these red flags in your friends' relationships, we generally see them, right? We know when our friends aren't dating someone yeah. that they should be dating. 
but how do you have that conversation? And I talk about a little bit of that in the book. And then we even go deeper in why are you finding yourselves with these guys that, you know, we call boo-boo dudes that are leaving you on red, leaving Mm. you uh, wondering where you stand as a manipulation tactic or leaving you on the back burner where that's not where you deserve to be. Yeah. Um, And I just... Uh, pray that this helps young women avoid some of the mistakes that I made whenever I was their age. Mm-hmm. And I also pray that it helps everyone um, link arms with their friends yeah. and build their friends up and remind them of their worth and their value as mm-hmm. a daughter of the king um, and and just create a community that has a spirit of, uh, I don't know, pure friendship and yeah worth and reminding of reminding each other of their worth in yeah. the Lord. Oh, so so good. I'm so thankful you wrote it. It's such a need. I feel like in this generation probably more than ever before and so I'm just Sure, yeah. So convinced like this was the time for this book and so I'm so thankful that you wrote it. There is a question that we ask all the guests that come on Radical Radiance and I actually didn't send this to you earlier, so I need to apologize because I somehow left it out of our our email exchange, but I'm so excited. I, I love off the cuff oh, answers good. to this as well, because when God sort of put this this idea of radical radiance on my heart, He kept pointing me back to this verse in Psalm 34. It's verse five, and it says, "Those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed." And so, the question I love asking in this particular season: What about Jesus makes you radiant? Oh. That is a good question for me to sit with for sure. Um, I think that his tenderness Mm. is something that I'm leaning into. And I think that that is what is hopefully going to be radiating and and making me radiant is the tenderness that he offers us as we're learning hard lessons. Yeah. I think that, you know, the lessons are a hard enough place for us to land or run into. Mm -hmm. It's like hard lessons are like running into a concrete wall. And whenever we fall backwards, we can fall into his tenderness Mm -hmm. or, or if we're in this, you know, live comparison, it's, I mean, it's like we're being actively robbed. And yeah. what do you need after being robbed? A tender place. Yeah. You don't need someone who says, well, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, yeah. I should not have done that. Yeah. But he's not saying that. He's inviting us in and saying, yeah, just come back to the throne room. Yeah. Like, just come back. Just, oh, in, this morning he said, come here, come here. I've been waiting for this reunion. Mm. That's what he told me this morning. And I think that that tenderness is something that I'm racing towards and radiating. Mm. Hopefully. That's trying to. (laughs) I love that so much. So good. Well, I am so excited to share this conversation with everybody. I would love for you to share where can people find you after they listen. Yeah. So I hang out on Instagram mostly at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. And if anybody is into the Enneagram. I'm on TikTok at Enneagram and chill. 
Perfect. Awesome. Friend, I'm so thankful for you. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ainsley as much as I did. Go grab a copy of her latest book, Don't Date a Boo Boo Dude, wherever you like to buy books. And hey, have you grabbed a copy of Do the Thing yet? Uh, I know we have been going through this series for a couple of months now on each individual chapter of Do the Thing. And so as you listen, it might be super helpful to walk through each chapter individually, read it, go through that that prompt section at the end of the chapter so that you can unpack how God is speaking to you. And then hopefully these conversations have been an encouragement to you along the way. So make sure you go grab it. Again, any of your favorite online retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book. And we will be back next week for a conversation about chapter 12. And I will see you then.